Now, how many were lying? Put your hand up. <laughs> Ron, you're sitting beside your wife. You can't put your hand up for that. <laughs> good to have you here today. Good to have our youth back from the retreat. I understand it was a fantastic time. and They're all going out for lunch after. And Dennis is paying for everyone. <laughs> and anybody else who wants to go, Dennis will pay. Uh, good to... Good to see Karen and Dan here, just married yesterday. God bless you. Congratulations. And God did a special miracle in their lives because they were married before and broke up. And and uh, one of the good news of the gospel is that God is a God of reconciliation. And God brought them together again. And we just praise the Lord for that. That's so exciting. And uh, last week we were praying for Lindsay who went into the hospital for emergency surgery. And here she is sitting in the second row in the middle with a smile on her face. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if, if I'm missing anybody else. If I'm missing you this morning, my apologies. You can tell me what wonderful thing we should be cheering about after the service, okay? And uh, Marilyn Wedlick told me that she's got a great team of people serving with her uh, in the uh, Bible boot camp and uh, Sunday school. Marilyn Davidson says she's got a great thing happening there. And so we're just thankful to the Lord. And if you've got kids, I want you to know that we do have a program for them. And somebody in the foyer can help you with that if you would like help with that. Uh, we're talking about health. And... Um, uh, Everyone experiences stress in their lives. Everybody experiences moments where they wish that they had somebody else's life or that they had somebody else's circumstances. Um, who hasn't at some time thought, man, I wish I could be him or I wish I could be her. I wish I could be somebody different. I wish I had different circumstances. And um, if things... Uh, if, if I had a different life, man, life would be so much better. I, I wouldn't be so distressed and stressed out. Uh, look at this uh, fantastic little cartoon. Here's a woman drops a coin in the well. I wish for no housework, no cooking, no cleaning, and poof, she becomes a man. And all the women said, how many men here do uh, housework, cooking, and cleaning? Oh, now, ladies, what are you going on about? That's what I want to do. Look at Joby there with two hands. Yeah. <laughs> and his wife's not denying it. She's just laughing. <laughs> this morning, this morning, uh, each of us experiences stress in our lives and for different reasons. And um, I'm here to tell you today that God wants you to have a healthy life. Last week we talked about a healthy body, and I told you that was a that was a message I've been dreading for months because uh, I know I'm not where I need to be, and I I was very honest and vulnerable with you, and I told you very um, very upfront about my own struggle, and but that God was giving me victory, and I told you that um, uh, that you needed to get a checkup, and that I was I was going to do that, and uh, I want you to know I'm getting a checkup on Friday. Anybody else here make a, an appointment for a checkup? The few of us did. Okay, I want everybody else sign up next week. I want everybody's hands up. You're getting checked out. Make sure you're in good health. And um, uh, 
if you if you don't, then uh, you could come and see me, and um, I could get you signed up for some serious help. Um, because you see, uh, folks, our society, our society has given us uh, a, a lie. They've given us a bill of goods. They they told they, the society has told us that. Uh, if we get what we want, then we'll be happy. How many know that's not true? Remember last week I put up a picture of a delicious hamburger? I, I, I've been dreaming about that ever since. I shouldn't have never found that. But I got good news. Look at this good news for you. There's a, there's a, a new, a new cafe called Grilled. And they say with their healthy burgers, you will have a healthy mind. And so on that note, I want to talk to you about a healthy mind today, healthy emotions. I want to talk to you about what it means to be mentally and emotionally healthy. Now, i got to point something out to you before I go any further. How many know today that our greatest need is Jesus? Did you know that today? Let me say that one more time for those of you who didn't hear that the first time. Our greatest need is Jesus. Well, that sounded like you're halfway convinced. <laughs> Can I say it one more time? Our greatest need is Jesus. Amen. Now you sound like Southern Baptist. Right on. Here we go. Now, listen, if our greatest need was that we would be physically fit, then Jesus, God would have sent a, a gym teacher, right? Or if our greatest need was that we'd be smarter, God would have sent us a professor. Or if our greatest need was for fame, then God would have sent us a marketer. If our, if our greatest need was for... Uh, for success, then God would have sent us a, a, an executive coach. But my friends, our greatest need today is for good health. Because good health is the basis, the foundation for your joy and happiness. Now listen, I, uh, we, we look at these verses the past few weeks. Let's take a look at them again. Mark or Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And let's read it together. God has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Who is the me in that verse? God has sent me. Who is it? Jesus. Okay, listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said to them, say it with me. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Now that person sitting beside you is sick. Look at him. Look at her. They're, they're sick. And, and guess what? You're sick too. And guess what? I'm sick too. And I need Jesus. And you need Jesus. And that person sitting beside you needs... Now, if you Google um, healthy mind, healthy body, you'll get all kinds of responses. Here's, here's one response that I got. How can I improve my emotional health? And this was the, uh, this was the suggestion. Number one, recognize and understand the causes of sadness, stress, and anxiety in your life. Well, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Number two, express your feelings in appropriate ways. And I'm assuming that means don't, you know, haul off and hit someone. Uh, live a balanced life. Calm your mind and body. Take care of yourself. And I know what you're saying here. You say, Pastor, I've been trying to do that. You see, well, here's the problem. When we try to tackle our health... On our own, we come up with, with half solutions. We don't come up with a full solution to the problem. And so what we need, folks, is rather than turning to ourselves and relying upon our own wisdom to solve our health issues, what we need to do is we need to turn to Dr. Jesus. Because that's who Jesus refers to himself. He has come to heal the brokenhearted. 
It's not the sick who need the doctor, or not the righteous or the well or the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. And so today we understand how much we need Jesus. And if anybody has been attending this church for any length of time, you know that when I say, um, what is the most important thing in our life? What, what's the purpose of life? You will automatically answer, relationships. Relationships is what life is all about. And where do we get that from? Well, Jesus, when asked, what is the greatest commandment? And remember, if you look at the Old Testament, there's over 600 commandments in the Old Testament. When asked, what is the greatest commandment? This is what Jesus says. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Now read this together with me. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Do you know that the whole Bible is all about how to have healthy relationships? And I'm going to tell you today that this is Dr. Jesus' prescription for healthy living. You say, Pastor, we're going to hear another sermon on this. We've heard so much about this. Listen, listen, listen. The research of the Institute of Heart Math, situated in Santa Cruz, uh, in Boulder Creek, California, did some research on how to be healthy emotionally. Okay, this is, this is what they discovered. They discovered that, uh, through their research, um, that negative emotions of anger, anybody experience anger? Frustration? There's a, there's a few honest people over there. Fear? Okay, these negative emotions, frustration, anger, fear, they cause turmoil in the autonomic nervous system. But positive emotions, such as caring, appreciation, and love, creates harmony in the autonomic nervous system, increasing the efficiency of the heart, and listen to this, and boosting the immune system. Now, listen to me, folks. Love appreciation and care. It actually makes you healthy. So the heart math research has proven that when we exercise love, listen, when we exercise love, here's the first thing that happens. The stress response in our bodies is reversed within seconds. Interesting, isn't it? If you're experiencing stress in your life, then the heart math research specialist would say that you need to start expressing love somehow. Wow. Secondly, when focusing in in the heart with feelings of love and appreciation, the electromagnetic energy generated by the heart changes from a state of chaos into an ordered harmonic wave pattern. And they're basically, they're, they're, they, they got the heart all hooked up and they're reading the graph. And they see order, harmony. When we exercise love third, the autonomic nervous system that runs the unconscious functions of the body changes from a state of conflict and imbalance into an ordered, efficient, balanced state. Fourthly, when we exercise love, they discovered that this produces not just improved emotional health, but improved physical health as well. Now listen to this, folks. Science is just now discovering what God has been saying for thousands of years. Science is just discovering now what God has been saying for thousands of years through his word. 
We must love each other if we're going to be healthy. You've got to love that person sitting beside you if you want to be healthy. You've got to love your neighbor if you're going to be healthy. You say, Pastor, you don't know my neighbor. Oh, I think I know your neighbor. Because <laughs> I have, I've had neighbors like that too. And God says to love them. He said, Pastor, I, I, I could love my neighbor, but you don't know my wife. <laughs> I could love my wife, but you should see my kids. I can't love. Listen, my friends. If you want to reduce the stress and see your emotional health go up, then you need to love. This is what the Word of God tells us. This is what Dr. Jesus has prescribed for us. Interesting. Jordan finds, she always sends me great stuff. And uh, Jordan, I'm going to tell you, look up HeartMath, Institute of HeartMath, okay? just That's just between us, okay? Let's go on. Now, listen. Jesus tells us to love, but the question is this. What does it mean to love? How do we love? Well, first of all, number one, love is to give. To love is to give. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, talking to the multitudes, surprises everybody by, by setting this standard, this high, high standard of, of discipleship or followership. In other words, he's saying, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to enjoy the kingdom of God, if you want to know good health mentally, here's what you got to do. And so Matthew 5, verse 40, it says this, And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him, and give him your cloak as well. And if someone forces you to go one mile with him, go two. If someone strikes you on the cheek, turn him the other cheek. Now look what it says in Matthew 5, 42, 45a. Let's read this together. Ready? Let's read it together. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Now listen to me, my friends. You call yourself a Christian today. Here's the standard. If you want to be a son or a daughter of your Father in heaven, then you need to give in this manner. You need to give freely to those who ask. You need to love your neighbor and love your enemy. You say, Pastor, you don't know my enemies. They don't deserve any kind of love. But I need to remind you of something today. When Jesus calls you to love your enemies, he's not telling you that so much for the sake of your enemy as much as for your sake. It's for you. This is a prescription from the doctor for your health. Jesus calls us to live radically and what seems very contrary to what seems like our natural instinct. What's our natural instinct? I'm going to get even. That guy cut me off. I'm going to cut him off. That guy gave me the finger. I'm going to give him the finger. Of course, nobody here would do that. (laughs) Our instinct is to be self-centered, to be selfish. But listen to me, my friends. If you want to be healthy, then you need to, you need to go against your natural instinct to get even, to be selfish, to look for revenge. That's the absolute worst thing you can do. What you need to do is you need to give. 
You cannot be, listen, you cannot be a child of God. You cannot call yourself a Christian if you don't give. Jesus said the world would know that we are his disciples by what? By our love for each other. Now then, what do, what do Christians do? How do they love each other? Well, I'm going to tell you something, my friends. The essence of Christianity is loving by giving. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I don't have to hang out with believers. I don't have to hang out with Christians. Yes, you do. In the New Testament, do you know that there are 58 verses, 58 instances where the Bible uses the term one another? Pray for one another. Love one another. Encourage one another. Share with one another. Help one another. Counsel one another. Pray for one another. This is the essence, my friends, of what it means to be a Christian. Now listen, when you do what Jesus wants you to do, when you reach out and give and share and stop living for yourself, that's when mental health and emotional health comes to you. I'm going to tell you this. Listen, as long as you are living for yourself, as long as you're living self-centered, then you are going to be an unhappy person. One of the things that I've, I've noticed over the years dealing, especially with people who are suffering with addictions, is that the, the tendency is to be inward looking. And you sit down with a person who is struggling with that, and you know what you're going to find? They will never ask you how you're doing. They don't want to hear how your life is going. They don't really care about you because they're wrapped up in themselves. A person who's been set by, set free by Christ has learned now to not live for himself or herself. What is an addiction anyway? It's all about what? About pleasuring myself. It's all about me. But when you come to Christ, suddenly it's not about you anymore. It's about others. You show me somebody who cares enough to listen to somebody else's story, to listen to what somebody else has today, just to listen to what somebody else's day is all about. And I'll show you somebody who's got good emotional health. So if you're going to be a Christ follower that is happy and healthy, then you need to learn to give. You say, Pastor, what can I give? Mother Teresa, little Albanian lady, said, God, I want to serve you. What can I give you? I have nothing. I'm poor. I'll give you my life. You know what she did? She went to India to serve in the darkest, dirtiest, most poverty-stricken part of India. Now, why did she do it? Because she was going to be famous someday? She said, oh, good, I can be, I'm going to work in India so that someday I can speak to the United States Congress. Was that it? I'm going to go work in India. I'm going to go work in the slums so that I can win the Nobel Peace Prize someday. Was that it? So that she could earn lots of money? Why did she do it? I'll tell you why. It's because she discovered, listen to me, she discovered that the greatest joy, the greatest fulfillment, the greatest happiness in the world comes through giving and sharing and giving your life away. Jim Elliott, newly married, graduated from Bible school, went with his wife and for other missionary couples and heard about how the, the feared Aukan Indians in Ecuador had not yet heard the gospel. And when he asked why nobody went to the Aukan Indians, it was because they were such a vicious and terrible tribe. 
that killed people that they didn't know rather than ask these people who they were or what they wanted. They would just kill them. And Jim prayed and cried out to God and said, God, these people need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the good news. And you know what he said? Lord, here am I, use me, take me. And you know what he did? He went. Four other missionary men. And uh, they made some indirect contact with the, with the Aachen Indians. And it seemed as though the Aachen Indians were receiving the love that they were showing. Jim and his missionaries would, would drop uh, steel tools, uh, machetes and axes and that sort of thing. Is that the sort of thing you give to murderers? I don't know. <laughs> but they were trying to be nice. They thought, man, you could use a machete in the jungle, cut down a... Uh, Cut, cut a path for yourself, that sort of thing. Very, very useful. Finally, they felt that it was time for them to touch down and connect with the Aachen Indians. They flew the airplane in. The missionaries got out. No sooner were they out of the plane. And they were t- attacked by the Aachen Indians, and all five of them, these missionary men, were slaughtered. Time magazine got a hold of the article, or got a hold of the story, and said, What a waste of life! What a waste! And you know, you and I would look at that and we'd think, yeah, what a waste. But guess what, folks? Because these men gave their lives, the Aachen Indians were, were finally reached with the gospel. So that now they are the strongest Christian tribe in Ecuador. And now they're sending out missionaries. Can I remind you of something today? Who was it that gave his life? Jesus. And everyone thought at the time, what a waste, what a waste. But you and I know that because Jesus laid down his life, the whole world was turned upside down. I want to tell you something today. Nothing good happens in in history unless somebody gives. And God's calling you and I to give. Not just because he wants to make life miserable for us. He wants to rob us of our joy. No, my friends, he wants to give us joy. Because he knows that when we give, that's when we know the greatest satisfaction and joy in our lives. What can you give? Give somebody a hug. Give somebody a handshake. Don't just come through the doors and take off immediately after service. Stop and shake someone's hand. I heard someone say, you know, I've gone to that church for 30 years. Not ours, another one. Someone's gone, I've gone to that church for 30 years and nobody's ever talked to me. I think to myself, you've been going to church for 30 years, hearing the gospel for 30 years, and, and learning how to be a follower of Christ for 30 years, and you mean to tell me you've never reached out to somebody else? Who's got the problem here? My friends, if you want to know good health, mental and emotional health, then you need to start giving. You need to start sharing. You need to start blessing your children. You see, Pastor, my kids don't deserve blessing. <laughs> yes, they do. You may have remembered me sharing this story before. It was a Spanish father who had a falling out with his son. They were estranged from each other. The son took off, left home. Father was mad. The son was mad. But as time went on, father began to feel lonesome for his son and began to realize just how much he loved and missed his son. And he put an ad in the paper that read, Dear Paco, Meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, Father. And guess what? 
Over 800 Pacos showed up looking for forgiveness. <laughs> True story. Over 800 Pacos showed up. It shows you people how hungry, how desperate people are to be loved. And I'm telling you, my friends, you have it in your power to give love, to give a hug, to give a handshake, to give your life, to give a few dollars to make it possible for someone to hear the good news about Jesus Christ. God is calling you to give. And when you give, you will experience a joy and a happiness like you've never had before. If you're here today and you're feeling miserable and you're feeling cantankerous and you hate life and you felt miserable and you got out of bed this morning and you thought, Should I, shouldn't I go to church? Oh, well, I may as well. There's what... I want you to know something today. The thing that will turn things around for you is when you start loving through giving. Start giving. Start sharing. Start look, Stop looking out for number one and start looking out for others. Listen. Give a hug. Give a handshake. Give a blessing. And watch what it will do, not just for that person, but what it will do for you. You will have a joy like you've never had before. The burden will lift. The sunshine will break through into your heart. And that depression that has been weighing you down will, will just fall away if you let God lead you in the way you should go. You need to love by giving. You need to love by forgiving. Look what Paul says to the church in Colossia. He says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Read this with me. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. If you look at that scripture, my friend, you're not, you, you, there's no qualifiers. I didn't say forgive if they ask for it. Forgive if they deserve it. Forgive if. No, there's no forgive if. It's just forgive, period. And what is the basis for forgiving? I know some of you here today, you've got horrendous stories and ways that people have hurt you, offended you, broken your heart. But listen to me. You forgive based on what Jesus did for you. And what did Jesus do? He hung on the cross. He hanged on the cross for you. That's the basis on which you forgive. Not because somebody deserves it, but because Jesus commands it. Last night I had a phone call. From a couple who's struggling with, with unforgiveness in their hearts. They talked and talked and talked and talked. I had things to do, places to go, people to see, but here I am stuck on the phone for an hour and a half. And I kept saying to them, don't you understand that when Jesus was spiked to the cross, he was spiked to the cross not because he did anything wrong. How many know that Jesus hung, hanged on the cross, but he did nothing wrong? How many know that today? And yet, what do we hear Jesus saying? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. My friends, this morning, understand something. The basis for forgiving is what Jesus has done for you. We talked for an hour and a half last night on the phone. And there was no, there was no resolution, no headway. The fact of the matter is, we're hurt and we want them to know that they're wrong and we're right. I'm going to tell you, my friends, as long as you're trying to prove that you're right and they're wrong and you've been hurt and they don't deserve, you know, it's, it, it's, never going to, it's never going to be better for you. You're going to go on carrying that pain and that hurt in your heart. If you look at that word forgive, 
means to give up or to completely give, holding nothing back. That word forgive, there's actually no word in the Greek for for forgive. What the word in the Greek is is to remit or to release. And when you forgive, that's exactly what you're doing. You're releasing people. You're letting them go. You're forgiving the debt. And that's what Jesus said to pray, right? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's what we do. We let it go. Corey Tamboom talks about how she had a hard time for, forgiving. And Corey Tamboom, as some of you know, is, uh, we're going to be having that drama here on October the 19th, I think, or 17th. The story about a woman and her sister who went to, went to the, the Nazi concentration camps because they protected Jews and saved Jews' lives. Corey Tamboom, after she got out of prison, talked about how she, in her heart, she forgave but was not able to forget. And she would go to sleep at night and she would rehearse the thing over and over in her mind. And she'd cry out to God for help and putting the problem to rest. She watched her sister being brutally beaten and then finally put to death. And she said, I had a hard time forgiving. She went to a, a pastor and, and confessed her failure after two weeks of sleeplessness. Pastor, I can't go to sleep. I'm, I'm angry. I'm bitter. I can't forgive. And the pastor wisely looked at the church tower and he said, uh, is a bell which is rung by pulling a rope uh, Talk about the bell that was being that was ringing by the pulling of the rope, and 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 the and the pastor said, after you let go of that rope, what happens? And Corey said, well, the bell will keep on swinging, ding dong, ding dong. And then the pastor said, then what happens? And Corey said, well, eventually, the bell stops ringing. The pastor said, this is exactly what happens when you forgive somebody. You let go of that rope. And the bell is going to ding-dong a little bit, but eventually it will stop. But you've got to let go of the rope. Corey Tenboom said that it's at that moment she realized that she had forgiven. And she realized that there was going to be a few more days where that bell of unforgiveness would ding and dong, but eventually it would let go. And some of you here today, you say, Pastor, I've tried to forgive, but all I can do is rehearse it in my mind. You know, my friends, every time you think of that person who's hurt you, that person who's robbed you, who's taken something from you, you know what you need to do? You need to say, God, I've let it go, and I've forgiven, and it's all over. And I can tell you, my friends, that healing will come to your heart, and that's when you will experience emotional health. Last week, a man died in the health sciences emergency room. Anybody hear about that? Brian Sinclair, 45 years old, both legs amputated, sitting in a wheelchair. And it was, it was a man that was in one day and saw him and then came back the next day with his wife, and the man was still sitting in the same place, and it looked as though he had been sleeping. He talked to two of the nurses. The nurse told him she was too busy and couldn't check the man right away. And then the witness claims that he told the security officer the man's condition, but the guard told him 
But the case would take too much paperwork. And so he wasn't going to bother with them. And so after 34 hours, they found him dead. Now, I want the Spirit of God to speak to your heart. Just because this man was in a hospital near doctors and nurses and some of the most sophisticated medical equipment in the country, it wasn't enough to save his life. It wasn't enough to spare his life. My friends, coming to church, sitting in a chair, week after week, singing the songs, reading your Bible, reading Christian books and listening to the Christian readers, that's not enough. What you need to do is you need the help of the doctor. It's not enough to be near the doctor. It's not enough to be in the hospital. You've got to get the help of the doctor and do as he says. If you want to have health, a healthy mind, healthy emotions, if you want to have joy come to your heart and have the depression lift from your heart, then you need to do what Dr. Jesus says. You need to live, you need to love by giving and by forgiving. And God's calling you to do that today. He's calling you to start giving. He's calling you to forgive. Forgive those people who have hurt you, those people who have wronged you, those people who have offended you. Let it go. And no joy come to your heart once again. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father, We thank you for your word. And we recognize today that it's not enough just to be hearers of the word. We have to be doers also. God, we recognize today that Jesus has called us to love by giving and by forgiving. Lord, some of us have been very self-centered, very selfish, and we wonder why we're unhappy. God, help us to recognize today that joy will come into our hearts if we just reach out to some other people. Give them a hug, give them a handshake, a word of kindness, a word of encouragement, and joy will return to our hearts. Some of us have been holding a grudge, holding bitterness in our hearts. And like Corey Tambo, we need to let go of the rope, let go of of that wrong, let go of that hurt so that that bell of unforgiveness would stop ringing in our ears. We need to let it go. God, we thank you right now for your word, which tells us how to live in this world. Lord, what scientists are just discovering now, you told us many years ago, to love, to love freely, to love generously, to love cheerfully, to love unconditionally. And then we will be happy. Then we'll be joyful. Then we'll have peace in our hearts. Then we'll know what it means to walk with you. We praise you for that now in Jesus' name. And everyone said it. Amen. Let's stand together.